Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Okay then, so I'm here today with Chris Richards and he is a mindset and mentoring coach for uh, six figure businesses. Would I be right in saying coach? Yeah, so it's mindset, uh, coach, and mentor. But yeah, close enough. That'll work. Why not? That'll do. Okay. <laughs> um, so you look at identity and you look at where people are trying to get going forward. So it's not about the looking back and being like, this is who I have been. It's about looking forwards and, and looking at where you want to be and what you need to do in order to get to that point, isn't it, basically? So looking at addressing elements that are potentially no longer useful or holding them back. And looking at what they do want to do. Would you say that would do? Is that an accurate? Uh, <laughs> that's 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 pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, the 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 past will always have a certain amount of power because of it's it's our resources. It's it's what we look to our memories um, for who we are. But one thing that I really push is that if you want to you know get something, not to be too cliche, but if you want to get something you've never had. You can't be going off the memories you've you've previously created uh, because you just don't have the context. You can borrow that context from mentors and coaches and people like that, but it's really about creating the identity you need to step into that future uh, much mm-hmm. more confidently and much more consistently. And actually, touching on that, you know, mentors really do help with that because they are people who have been there, done it. And it does give you, I mean, I've seen it firsthand um, with myself and then working with clients that, you know, it really does give you that level of confidence that this is normal. This is very doable um, because you're talking to somebody who's in that environment having done it. Absolutely. Um, But me personally, the way I define kind of coach is someone, I could technically coach you on anything. Um, as long as my ability to coach um, and to reflect back and to reframe your ideas um, is is up to par. Yeah. Reason for that is that coaching is based on you and the idea that you have all the answers within you, and that's good, and that's fine. Mentoring is going on the assumption that actually maybe you don't know everything you need to know, um, and you don't know certain pitfalls, and you could guess at, at you know, the, the kind of pitfalls that you'd fall into. But a mentor someone, as you said, who's, who's been there, who's done it, at least in the in the area um, that the person's working with you in. Uh, in my area would be you know, mindset, emotional regulation, um, consistency, confidence, all of those good things. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. I, I am always, I'm always saying I'm a mentor rather than a coach. Yeah. Um, I know that coaches get super precious about their the coaching qualifications and everything else. But for me, the mentoring is that I've been there, I've done it, and this is what I can impart on you. Absolutely. And they both have value. They, they, they both have equal um, value yeah. in their own way. Uh, sometimes, yeah. you, sometimes all you need is a, is a coach who can keep you accountable and reflect yeah. back exactly what you what you need to hear in that moment. And that's amazing. Um, but as you say, sometimes you also need a mentor to say, don't do that. That's stupid. You're running off with your ideas again. You're, you're, doing, you're doing that thing where you're breaking something that works. Please stop. Um, <laughs> it's like, 
sometimes you just need a mentor. Mentors uh, are a lot faster. I work better with mentors because in some areas, I just want to be told what to do, which is like, look, yeah. tell, tell me what to do. I don't want to go through some introspective thing there where I discover myself. And um, although, as I said, there is a time and a place for that. And I do coaching as well as mentoring. Um, sometimes just like, stop. <laughs> it's like, please stop. Do some, do this instead, and you're going to get the result a lot faster. And then, as you do it, I'll explain why it's working, and uh, and you can yeah. discover that. I think that can work well for direct communicators. I do think it works well for people which run their own business, and they don't, they want that directness. They want that, do this, don't do that, that direction. Yeah, um, from, from what I've noticed, and not to, <laughs> not to categorize or prejudice in any way, the newer people uh, tend to enjoy coaching and they tend to have a little bit more fragile egos and they don't like they don't like to feel bad about themselves because they already have enough of that with the fear of failure and all kinds of other stuff going on uh but as you say as 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 the entrepreneur or business owner progresses their time is extremely valuable as i like, just just give me the damn answer so i can get on with this and make it work um cut to the chase <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't need a coach. I need a surgeon. Just co- come in, change the thing that needs to be changed, and then get out so I can carry on my job. Job um, done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and with that in mind, uh, we were talking. You know, originally the reason why I was like, yeah, you know, it makes sense to get Chris on was because Chris and I were talking around um, mindset, and obviously sales is a huge, huge thing when it comes to mindset. Mindset has right. a massive, massive impact on your ability to sell, on your confidence in selling, your perspective about selling, um, your belief in where selling fits, how you fit with selling. I could, you know, it could go on and on. Like we could literally- It's your mindset. It's, you, could, you could argue, and I know that, you know, to a hammer, everything's a nail and I don't want to be put into that box, but it's all mindset. Mar- marketing is mindset, understanding the mindset of your customer and being able to guide them. Sales is mindset, understanding exactly exact needs and being able to show them what they need in a way that they can respond to it. It's it's all the better you understand the psychology of the person in front of you, generally speaking, as long as you also have the empathy and the EQ and, and things like that. Generally speaking, the better the higher your mindset knowledge, um, the better you go in business. It's it's all mindset. And one thing to mention to anyone who's not quite on six figures or seven figures yet, uh, the, the precious 10K a month uh, milestone, <laughs> which is not as special as it's being made to be. Um, but the people who are kind of going for that, um, it was insanely difficult for me to offer and um, promote mindset work to the newer people when I was working with the newer people uh, a lot more. With six and seven figure people, it's a lot easier. Yeah. And that should tell you everything you need to know. They they value it higher because they get it. And until you've kind of you've learned all the skills and the scripts and the funnels and the tactics, um, until you've got all that and you realize it's still not working. I wonder what the problem is. Um hmm. it's like spoiler alert, I, the, I think- the problem is you. Um <laughs> as well isn't it it's the appreciation for particularly you know over time of, of how much you are everything in the business and if you're a procrastinator the business procrastinates yep. you know 
if you lack attention to detail, the business lacks attention to detail. And and that's the thing is, is it's, it's a proper magnifying glass where I think if you're in a team or if you're, you know, if you're lucky enough to get people on board quite quickly within your company, you can plug those gaps. You can look at where your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. But the longer you spend on your own in an organisation, the more <laughs> the more you see. Yeah, and, and 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 the and the opposite and the opposite of crazy is still crazy. Um, cause you, you you get the other end where you, where you've got people uh, and entrepreneurs who uh, are trying to be something they're not. They are amazing starters. They're incredible visionaries. That most entrepreneurs make sucky CEOs. They are rubbish business owners. Um, And there's a good reason for that. To be a business owner and to be a CEO, you have to have a certain skill set and personality traits, generally speaking, where you enjoy the keeping things working. You enjoy the, um, I almost want to say monotony because I'm an entrepreneur and that's what I see it as. Um, (laughs) The the kind of of day-to-day putting out fires, dealing with dealing with people and customer stuff and and all the unsexy bits about all the unsexy bits yeah entrepreneurs prefer sexy and when an entrepreneur tries to um do the non-sexy stuff now don't get me wrong to someone who is a ceo minded that stuff is sexy that stuff i've seen people and i honest to god even i can't get my head around it she was doing backflips about doing about looking through and, uh, and analyzing an Excel sheet, um, and I could not get my head around it. I'm like, I, I love you. You're weird. And I, and, and, yeah, I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you the Excel spreadsheet for you to analyze and put it into pie charts and, and stuff. She's like, oh yeah, could you? And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, most it's all entre- about, it's about the data. Absolutely. Well, yeah, realization in our office data absolutely (laughs) recognizing here's the thing recognizing the importance of data and recognizing the importance of repeating certain actions until successful um is great having the identity issue and it is an issue where you feel like you have to be that thing um is a problem now i'm going to caveat that i'm not i'm not in the excited part of the office who no, I, really data. I, I, I'm not, I'm not. Somebody else can do that. Somebody data, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, someone else can get into the weeds. I, I love getting conceptual and creating the idea of something and, and all that kind of stuff. But what I tend to find is a lot of people trying to be all things. And mm-hmm. I understand if some people don't have the money to outsource, but actually half the time that's, that's actually a mindset block because you can start somewhere. You can start with Fiverr for five dollars, and if you don't have that, then you need to have a full time job and have this as a side hustle. Because if yeah. you don't, if you don't have some money to invest in the business to help it grow, then it's just not going to grow, and and that's the end of it. And you're just going to be struggling for years, wondering why it isn't clicking. Um, I, have and- a, I have a very harsh description that if a business doesn't pay for itself, it isn't a business; it's a hobby. Um, and then it's yeah. the prioritization as such. Um, but but just to get us back on <laughs> yeah yeah sorry yeah, back on track so basically I got Richard on because we were having a sort Chris. of preliminary chat Chris Chris and... close. Chris Richards what did I just say Richard? everybody calls me Richard I don't know why that's the problem one of my friends has got their child's got a first name that could be a surname yeah and vice versa and and it's yeah it's very confusing yeah. I'm Chris 
Chris. So the reason I got was because we were talking around people um, be asking for their worth. So we're talking about price. <laughs> price comes up a lot. And basically, I said this. And then Chris went off on one for some time, which to be fair, I do feel like I might just put this in here. I could probably then, you know, just wander off and, and do a bit of housework and come back because he'll still be at it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to give you a bridge version for the, for the benefit of the people. Listening. I'm going to go top level because this is a particularly passionate subject to Chris. But to be fair, he's, he's spot on and, and, you know, you totally get it. You know, I talk around with clients about value. And, you know, you've actually got to look at, I won't spoil his punchline, um, but, you know, you've got to look at the bigger picture and the outcome for the client um, when you're looking at pricing. And, and so, you know, that is where you can, you can go wrong and you can sort of pin too much of, of your, I suppose, like your identity, really, on, on like that feeling of... Carry on, you're doing great. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to hand over <laughs> He just goes on this one. So we will not cover anything else in this podcast, guys. No, we will. We will. We're going to cover plenty of stuff. I'm going to do this. All right. Bridge version. So the the reason why I go off on one and the reason why I will tend to get almost ranty uh, about certain things. Almost. Um, almost. Yeah. I'm, I'm softening. Thank you, Sarah. Um, <laughs> the reason why I'll tend to get a little bit ranty um, occasionally is... When I see something that I believe is actually doing harm, mm-hmm. um, when I see good intention people spreading something that they've been told, believing it's right, but not realizing because I haven't got the background knowledge to back it up. Um, and this is unfortunately what you get with a lot of NLP um, people who have only done done very limited. I'm not saying it's an NLP problem. I'm saying it's a problem with people who do a weekend course and then uh, believe they're ability to be much higher than it is uh which is actually a perfectly normal confirmation bias a lot of people teach that you should always charge your worth always charge your worth never charge less than your worth never be happy with less than your worth first problem with this is it causes a massive amount of pressure on the individual because depending on where you are in fact, it doesn't really matter. I've seen I've seen newer people have this, and I've seen people doing easy in excess of twenty, thirty thousand every single month. They get this as well at certain points uh, of their growth, because when you mistake worth for value, and when you mistake business worth for personal worth. Those two um, separations, if they don't happen, you're you're going to land in trouble. Um, to separate, do the easy one first: personal worth and business worth. Your personal worth, even before you were born, you as a human being—I don't care where you're from, what color you are—doesn't matter to me. Whatever your what the moment you came into creation, um, you were deserving and worthy of love and attention and to have your needs met as often as practicable. Um, And you are worthy of of good things. You are worthy to receive. You are worthy to receive most of all love and most of all trust and connection and the things that we really get out of bed for in the morning without even realising it half the time. 
You are worthy of those on a personal level from second one. Here's the issue. No matter how anybody has treated you in your life, that worth has never gone down. However, if someone's spoken to you or treated you in a particularly negative way, then you may feel like it has. And people start to doubt their worth as a human being. They doubt, they start to believe um, for, for a lot of over, uh, like kind of overachieving parent types who put a lot of pressure on their kids. Um, they start to believe that, you know, I'm, I get attention, I get positive attention when I do something when I do something good, when I act in the way my mother or father tell me to act or want me to act, and I mm -hmm. either get no attention or negative attention when I don't do that. And this is where it starts happening, where people start mixing up, because what you're talking about there is value. The person, the, the value to that individual, they feel like they're getting their value from their child. It's an awful way of seeing it, but it's the way it is. Um, they feel like they're, they're getting a good result from their child when their child is doing what they want them to do. You know, you see a lot of parents going, how can I stop my kid from um, throwing tantrums? And honestly, my, my answer to them, and it shocked them and it hurt them a little bit. And, and hey, if it, if it helps their relationship, all the better, was... I don't know. Have you tried listening? I mean, have you tried actually listening to the child before they need a tantrum? And so we have all of these kinds of developmental things from parents who didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. When that doubt around your personal worth starts to creep into your business, now we're really having issues. Because now we feel the need to overachieve for our customers and clients. We feel the need to make everything amazing. We feel the need to have every single client who or customer who goes through our thing, program, course, whatever, to walk away saying, oh my God, that was the most amazing thing, the life-changing thing I've ever had. It's incredible. Now that entrepreneur may not feel like... Um, like they need validation, air quotes, and they may not walk around going, oh, I, I don't really feel like I, I need constant validation or recognition. And yet they'll also say, I, I am a bit of a perfectionist sometimes. You know, I like to, I like to get things right. And I like to, I, I do tend to put things off sometimes. Uh, and this is one of the major um, issues when it comes to mindsets. So a lot of people don't know they even have an issue. They don't know what the problem is. They can't see the root cause. Um, so there's that. There's also the, um, if I charge a higher price, I'm currently doing, so the, the value and worth is attached to doing now. So it's all like crumpled up in a big bowl, in one big globule, and it hasn't been separated. So now your personal worth is attached to the worth and value your customer perceives of you. Um, yeah, nothing like a bit of pressure. Um, if they don't have a good experience, you suddenly don't deserve love and affection. Good luck with that story playing in your head. Um, <laughs> this is why businesses start to plateau, because they just can't get past their own stuff. Um, but let's say, let's say you're successful. People always talk about, oh, what if I don't get a sale? No, no. What if you do? What if you ask for double the price of, you know, it's a fair price. It's still a bargain. It's still a great deal. 
um, but it's double what it used to be. That person will generally put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off and just not do it and not give that higher price because deep down they feel, and I'm going to give the, I'll give you the formula in a bit to how you find your personal story of what's holding you back, if that'd be interesting for you and the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the feeling is, because it's all based on pressure, if, I, if I'm currently doing X and it's taking up 95% of me to do X and I charge double, Y is now X times two. Well, I don't have another 95% to give, so I better stay where I am. Mm-hmm. That was the light bulb, if anyone, if, if anyone caught that. <laughs> in, in the sound of a, a Facebook notification, <laughs> which I haven't done. <clears throat> no judgment. <clears throat> okay. Um. <laughs> I did tell you this happens all the time. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't tell you. I didn't care. Um, cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about that kind of stuff. Come on. So when... So yeah, that's I'll just let that one kind of settle for people. If if they are under pressure and the more success they get, the more pressure they're feeling, the chances are is that their identity hasn't been recalibrated for the newer level of success. And they're still feeling like they have to do so much more and rev themselves into the red. They have to rev themselves into the red um, in order to please their clients. And eventually you just end up with a lot of very, very, um, these people on paper, they tick every box, collecting the money, freedom, connections, influence, you name it. They tick every box until you get them into a, a, like, until I get them into a chat and they, and I say, how do you feel? And they say, tired and busy, exhausted and busy. That's how I feel. I feel like the thing that I created for freedom is now imprisoning me. And I now feel indebted to my business and obligated to my business. And I'm actually starting to become resentful of my creation. <laughs> You're smiling and nodding. I'm writing my book at the moment. Um, it's a painful, long process. Um, that's going to take longer than cooking a baby. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I was writing around the types of people and when people come to me. And I call it like the hamster wheel of implementation. So they've been so busy on this hamster wheel, implementing things for clients who normally don't actually fully appreciate them. Yeah. I'm surprised that isn't feasible um and they they're resentful they're they've had enough and you know they're like i haven't got but but here's the thing but here's the thing they get resentful of the clients that they're serving and so don't want to show up for them but don't feel themselves good enough to go after the clients that they deserve and the price they they actually deserve and the price that the result of their work deserves yeah um which brings me on to the very last last bit i've kind of seeded a lot of other stuff in it um when I would say charge the worth, mm-hmm. I use an example where I could work, I could do, um, let's say it's mindset work to get over a limiting belief around what the person should be charging because that person is hitting some kind of monetary ceiling with how much they feel comfortable to charge. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm okay. And it's, it's always a ceiling. It's always a rock hard ceiling. 
because um, like I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. It's feeling difficult. Ah, yep, definitely not going any further. Um, there's no, there's no gradualness to it. It's it's very very sudden. It comes up. It's sneaks up on you. Let's say for person A, they are currently they've got a very very small business. Uh, maybe something in network marketing, or or they've they've just begun. Um, all of which is all fine. Mm-hmm. If I were to work with them and remove that mindset block, that person would go from what a thousand dollars US to two thousand dollars, maybe or three thousand, know, depending yeah. on how much hours, how much work. Okay, so my value at that point, my worth is one to two thousand. Is the increase in their life? Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where people start going wrong. They start using that as their worth and they start using that as their baseline. And anything else is just like, oh my God, it's amazing because that's my actual worth. No. Let's say I do the exact same work and don't get me wrong, it's incredibly similar. Um, For somebody who's charging $15,000 or $18,000 for their program, but they want to charge twenty or twenty-five, but as soon as they get to that twenty mark, they start, you know, literally coughing. I actually did see someone uh, during a role play uh, of this where she literally started choking on the words that she was trying to say. Uh, she started coughing on the words. Um, we had a very good laugh about that. Uh, of course, she got there in the end. And, but it's the same block. It's the same. Who am I to do this? It's the same. Oh my God, what if I don't deliver? It's the same, um, you know, who am I to do this? What if I don't deliver? I'm going to have to work twice as hard. It's going to demand so much more of me. What if they What if they don't think I'm worth this? Especially if it's the first or, or first few times you've been offering it. Um, what if What if I offer this and, and nothing happens? And they just say no and that's it. I, I price myself out of business. Um, and a million other stories that people have. Well, they're both the same issue. But mm-hmm. when I clear person B, they go from 20000 a month to 100000 a month. Now what's my worth? And yes, that is a normal progression that I, I do for people. Um, so this one's going from 1000 to 3000 And this one's going from twenty to 100 So what's my worth? I keep getting told to charge my worth. What's my worth? It's physically impossible to, to ba- if you're basing it on you, it's physically impossible. You can't do it. Or it would be incorrect, should I say. The worth is always the person in front of you and what the change means to them financially. Because watch out for anyone who, uh, anyone who says something like, oh my God, that'd be priceless. Well, yeah, I learned something about things that are priceless. You can't sell them. <laughs> um, you can't sell something that's priceless because you say, how, do, how much does, how does that feel to you? And you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to change that much to that figure. Um, because you, you haven't tied it to any kind of money, uh, any kind of financial gain or, or saving from loss. Uh, which I'm sure you touch on with other, other bits about the technicalities. Yeah. Of- well, actually, again, that that's an, an element of, I'm very much like, well, if you don't have anything to aim for, how do you know when you've got there? Um, 
and and the measure of the value of like I, I was speaking to a client earlier this week and they were like oh this person just wants me to sort their marketing and I was like well, what does sorting the marketing look like and I was like you know you're going to be measured again is my marketing sorted um and so you know you always have to try and create that tangible and as you say like actually if it's then attached to something which means if I had x amount of money and I speak to people yeah. on a regular basis who want that six figures um it's that elusive and it's and it's like but what what are you going to do with that six figures i just want a six-figure business and it's like well after you've yeah, sold a, a, a lot of it a lot of it's a lot of it's ego and a lot of people are doing it because they want to do it because it'll prove something about them once again we're coming back to identity um and that's not to say don't go for it like go, go for it deflating isn't it like i don't know yeah. if you there's, there's, there's actually it's actually been studied of astronauts that have gone to the moon and when they come back they they slip into depression yeah. Because when you make your whole life about something or a substantial part of it about something and that thing um you don't celebrate or anything and it doesn't it doesn't it's it's it was never what you needed in the first place. Now don't get me wrong, I am big into financial success. Absolutely earn as much as you can, especially if you're capable of it, and especially if you're a good person. And as much as you can because we need more good people with more money. Uh mm-hmm. that's my belief of the world. That said, no amount of money is going to make you feel like you're worthy to be loved. And I, I like worked with millionaires. No amount of money makes you feel like you should be wanted. That you are deserving of attention. Now, you feel influential if you've got money because people are always kind of hovering. But the moment they leave, that, that deflates. You, it's like you've got to have it on a constant supply. Uh, if you don't have it within yourself Uh, and what's more is people tend to live vicariously through their business uh, if they don't have their own stuff sorted and so as you say the you know the income will return to zero or close to it or whatever their zero is uh, it would return to the red mark under the into the red at the end of each month so that the beginning of every month you start having to hustle and you you're always feeling like i don't even know if it's a hamster i hear that a lot and it's a great met- metaphor, but I'm and I'm yet to find a better one, if I'm honest. But it's this, it's almost a roller coaster where it's just going up and down and up and down and up and down. And it's and and a lot of the time we can feel very hopeless and very helpless in that roller coaster. We just have no control. It's like, why is it when I earn one thousand, one thousand goes out at the end of the month. When I earn 2,000, I think there'll be 1,000 left over, but it's not. I've spent 2,000. How is this happening? And then they earn 10,000 a month, the magic number. They get the 10,000 a month, and they're like, wait a minute, my outgoings are, uh, are 11,000. How is this? Wait a minute, they're 12,000. What the hell is going on? And it's uh, it's basically what's happening is that their identity, um, when it gets too far away from where you believe you should be deep down, I don't mean intellectually where you believe you should be. I mean deep down, the emotional part of you. Um, when your self-image gets too far, when your environment reflects back to you that you're too far from where you, you know, air quotes, should be, um, it will course correct. And, it, and this is where you'll start seeing self-sabotage coming in. This is where in various forms, you've you got your perfectionism, procrastination, devaluing tasks, deprioritizing tasks, devaluing yourself, deprioritizing yourself. Um, and many, many, many before, like, go, I mean, we could spend 20 minutes me just listing them. There's so many different ways for us to screw ourselves up. Um, finding, 
Finding that the moment you sit down to do a task, that's the exact moment you definitely need to sort the laundry um, or, or get something to eat or, or, or do something. Or There's always something more important when there's a real fear involved um, or there's something like uh, one of my, oh, in fact, last one, my personal favorite, because I think this is so clever that our mind can do this. It will, when your fear is too high, it's not that you lack motivation, although it will feel that way. It's it's able to literally take away your passion and motivation and, and physical energy as if you haven't slept and you just feel really mm. lethargic and you're like, wait a minute, I need, I need energy to do this. I'll t- I tell you what, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll put it off till tomorrow. If I'm really tired, I need to listen to my body and I need to relax. And I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it later. I'll do it later in the week. Or I can't do it tomorrow because I've got that other thing. I'll do it later in the week. And of course, it never happens. And then it rolls on to next week and it gets the next and the next and the next. And before you know it, you're two quarters into the year and nothing's been happening. Um, and you're scratching your head wondering why your business isn't progressing and growing. That's what it is. That's um, And your mind will give you exactly what it knows to give you. If you are more fear-based, the voice in your head will be negative. It'll be, you're not good enough. It'll be, um, who's going to want this really? It's going to be like, like, don't be ridiculous. Like, who are you to offer this? Uh, it's going to give you all the fears. When you progress a little bit further, or maybe uh, at the start with some people, ego is the one who messes you up. So actually, it's so strange, but it's a positive voice. You don't need this. You already know this stuff. You're so <laughs> smart. You didn't even you didn't even want to do this. Just just break it, close it down, and you can start from scratch. Because don't you think you'd have much more fun creating a brand new offer than keep repeating this same one over and over again? You're way better than that. You could come up with something new. Come up with something new. And it and it seduces you. The ego will seduce you to, um, into self-sabotage. Fear will scare you into it. But they both have the exact same mission, which is to stop you progressing, so, to stop you doing something you've never done before. And at the end of the day, it is a protection thing, isn't it? Like, it is oh, it's all about protection. The The center point of identity is about safety. Mm-hmm. Then you get into kind of pain and pleasure, avoidance and attraction. Um, but the center point is about how safe do you feel? If you don't feel mm-hmm. safe in who you are, you're never going to show up as your true self. Because if you're not feeling safe, you have any kind of insecurity or doubts around that, about who you are and if you're worthy to be listened to, then when you show up, you're going to feel the need, ego, you're going to feel the need of, to be more professional or more outgoing or more loud and boisterous or more like that influencer. And it, all these stories are going to happen. Um, and, and yeah, they're dangerous. They're really dangerous. And it's At the base of it, a lot of the time, is because the person doesn't feel safe in who they are. They don't feel safe. And, and the more doubt they have when somebody else says something, it carries more weight. And so that, guys, is the biggest challenge. That is the problem that we are faced with on a regular basis. When you're dealing with your mindset, you're dealing with your mindset struggles and you're trying to run a successful business. 
What we've decided to do is to split this podcast in half. So I've just talked around the problem. So next week we're talking solution and what you can do to call yourself out and to focus in on what you can do. So thanks for listening, guys. I will speak to you again next week with Chris. Bye for now. Happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.